are listening to the Thornapple Valley Church Podcast. Thank you for joining us. Our hope is for you to be encouraged and to connect with God during this message. If you'd like to know more about Thornapple Valley Church, visit tvcweb.com. I have a message today that will speak to all of us, regardless of where we stand in our faith, regardless of where we're at in our growth, or whether we're actually questioning or thinking about faith itself. This is what this type of message is today. But before we get to the message, I must tell you a little story, boys and girls. Amen. Okay. So, uh, archaeologists and scientists in New York dug, dug down to a depth of 10 feet and found traces of copper wire dating back 200 years and came to the conclusion that their ancestors in New York had a telephone network 150 years ago. And so once California heard this, they couldn't be outdone by New York. So archaeologists in New York dug down 20 feet and found traces of copper wire and came to a conclusion that 250 years ago, their ancestors had a high-tech communication network. And so not to be outdone by New York or California, Bubba from West Michigan dug down 33 feet as an amateur archaeologist into his backyard and found absolutely nothing and came to a conclusion that 300 years ago, West Michigan had gone wireless. So our scripture comes from 1 Corinthians chapter 13, verse 17, where it says that love always protects, it always trusts, and then this week's message, love always hopes, and it always perseveres. But how can you have hope when many times the things that you're faced with in this world appear to be so hopeless? What about the situations that we find ourselves in, maybe at work that appears to be hopeless, or in relationships that appear to be hopeless, or in your marriage that appears to be hopeless? How do we find hope when it seems like there is no hope available? How do we do that? Well, <clears throat> Dr. Carl Jung said many years ago that the circle is the most sacred symbol that is known to man. We pitch our camps in a circle. When you leave home and go back, you're making some version of a circle. Sure, it's not a perfect circle, but it is some version of a circle. I don't know how many of you realize this, but you were actually here in the same place a year ago and you've made a complete circle. The globe that you're on is made in a circle. Everything in this life is a cycle and a circle. When we count our age every year, we count how many circles we've made around. Uh, sis, sis, okay. 
So, so as we're making these circles in life, as we're making these cycles in life, many times we're doing it very unconsciously. We just don't even notice it. Uh, you'll hear people that say, I don't even know where the last 10 years went. It's just like they just go so fast because we're making these unconscious cycles and there is an unconscious process that's happening to each one of us as we go into these cycles. And I want you to know that this just doesn't happen to Christians. This happened to humans. And so the, the uh, cycle I want to show you is the circle of which we make. So all of us have stuff that's happened to us. Sometimes it's the stuff that happens to you, and sometimes it's just the thoughts that you have about the stuff that's happened to you. You know that your mind, they've discovered that your mind cannot tell the difference between a real and a perceived event it actually affects you the same way. And so we've all had stuff, okay? And your thinking, you can only think from the data of the stuff that has occurred to you. So your thinking is directly affected by your formation and your accumulation. What has happened to you over the course of your life and your reaction to it. So you could have an event, let's just say you have a traumatic event that occurred or you felt that someone was not there for you. Maybe they were, maybe they weren't, but it doesn't matter at this point because you think that way and the way that you think leads directly to the way that you feel. We tend to think that these two things are in two different realms of our being, but they're not. They exist in the same realm of the mind. Here's the difference. Some people are more dominated by their thinking, but some people are more dominated by their feelings. Some people feel, and as a result, they think. Some people think, and as a result, they feel. But they're directly connected together. The difference is, is that your thinking is much more agile than your feelings are. Your feelings are not very agile. Turning your feelings is like turning a tanker. It may take three minutes, it may take three days, it may take three months, and in some cases it may take three years for this to turn, but you can turn that immediately. Here's the reason why they're so connected. You cannot have good thoughts about me and bad feelings. Now, I hope this is a confession. You could say amen. On the other hand, you cannot have negative thoughts about me and not have negative feelings. Now, they can twist and they can change and we can fake it. You've seen that your, one of your kids get into a fight with another kid and you say, I want you to make up. And you get the two kids to make up and you see that hug that they, they do? It's kind of like... 
I mean, I'm doing that, but I'm not doing that. That's what happens when you try to separate your thinking from your feeling. And your, that your thinking and your feeling directly lead to what you do. It's all connected together. The fool believes that all of these things are isolated and they're not connected together. But the wisdom of God says all things are connected together. And so the action based on the feelings, based on the thoughts, always lead to another event. And when you're constantly having negative events or positive events are, most people are a mixture, 60-40, 70-30. Every now and then you run into somebody that's 80-20, they're negative. You can see that part, you can actually smell that person coming. <laughs> so what happens is when you're having this cycle, this has happened so long that most of the time you're not paying any attention to it whatsoever. So what do you do when you live in desperate times like we live right now and you're trying to relate to someone who is, who is you want to relate to someone who is filled with negative thought about the time and now you want to have hope for that person. What do you do? So let's just say you have events <clears throat> Negative events, the pandemic can be the most negative events, at least the negative thoughts. The negative thoughts lead you to start relating to other people who have the same negative thoughts. This is the reason why you have to be careful with social media because a computer using algorithms is actually taking, if you look at something that's recommended or you post something on there, it's going to drive all of those same thoughts towards you that is going to confirm a thought that you have about your perception of an event. Either way. And so you've got negative thoughts. Then your negative thoughts leads to negative feelings. So negative feelings would be shame, guilt, hopelessness, fear, anxiety, frustration. Okay? So when you're feeling these things, it's because of something that's happening right here. And the worst of all negative thoughts is despair. See, despair is an insidious thought that uh, is very dangerous because here's what despair says. It doesn't matter what I do because it's not going to change anything anyway. It doesn't matter if I try to do the right thing. It's not going to change anything anyway. When I was growing up, we had a guy that used to work for my uncle and he smoked Pall Mall cigarettes. Anybody remember Pall Mall cigarettes? I'm talking about the ones without the filter. He smoked three packs a day. 
So finally, my uncle used to say to him, hey, you know, maybe you should stop smoking those cigarettes. And he said, well, you could get run over by a truck. That's despair. We have people where I serve that won't take a chance on getting better because it's not going to work anyway. Okay? Then that leads to destructive behavior, which then leads to negative events. Now, I'll use myself as an example, but actually all of us have these experiences. My negative events was I had low self-esteem because of the fact that my parents didn't want a child when I was born. And so they did everything they could to get rid of me, which then caused me to think negative about myself. And what I did is I added and filled in more negative than what they gave me. Okay? And then that led me to doing crazy things because guess what? I had no intentions of ever being 21 years old. I was going to live and flame out real fast and die. And then that led to me doing destructive things, dangerous destructive things, dangerous things where I'm getting into... Uh, people pulling guns on me and me trying to fight people and me going for bad and me doing all kinds of crazy things which led to little events and anytime you're having little events sooner or later you're gonna have an out-of-the-box experience and that out-of-the-box experience is gonna speak to you a whole lot louder than all of the little ones did okay and so for me, I had an out-of-the-box experience where I took enough drugs to kill four people and I died and went to hell. Worst experience I ever had. But do you know that you can always find God even in your worst experiences? But you have to look for him. Finding God is a little difficult but I'm going to give you an easier way. But before you can come to a conclusion that you can't find God, why don't you just pray this prayer with me? Lord, come on, you know it. Lord, you already know it. If you get me out of this situation, <laughs> I'd never do this again. That's the prayer I prayed that night. Lord, Get me out of this. It's amazing that people know this prayer all over the world. <laughs> so, so, you know, what happens is that when you are caught up into this circle and as you age, you will notice this really closely, is that your cycles, you're cycling inward. And the cycles in which you're going in are getting smaller and smaller and your options are getting smaller your world is getting smaller and eventually you feel like dying I call it suicide on installments it's an installment plan for suicide so what do we do 
God loved us so much that he decided that he just wasn't going to leave us here. He, he decided that he would break into the game and play the starring role. So, so in John 13, verse 34 and 35, Jesus, on the night in which he was going to be betrayed, in which he was going to institute through his disciples a concept called the kingdom of God. And he said, a new command I give to you that you love one another as I loved you. You must love one another. And by this, everybody will know that you are my disciples. So Jesus introduced the concept of God's kingdom. So you know, I've already told you, you kind of know how this works because you've already been in a tight spot where something was outside of the box. But you can actually initiate this each and every morning that you get up. And so you got to go there and look for the presence of God. And the best way to find the presence of God is in the principles of the kingdom of God. God has broken into the fall of mankind and introduced his kingdom and his kingdom does not work like the kingdom of the fall the kingdom of light and the kingdom of darkness runs under different principles okay so God comes in <clears throat> introduces his kingdom in my situation when I had the overdose experience I said, God, if you will allow me to live, I'll go back to the earth and serve you. And as a result, I got through it and ended back on earth and didn't know why, couldn't figure it out, didn't know what to, to feel about it, and really didn't know what to do next. But this had been introduced, and as a result, uh, I found the presence of God. So, when we look for the presence of God, you've got to look for this in your relationships. God, why do you still have me here? Why didn't I die in my sleep last night? Why do I hear about other people who had a fatal car accident, but I went to work this morning and it did not happen to me? You can find the presence of God almost any place that you look because God is always ever present all over your life. Amen. <laughs> so I found the presence of God and because I found the presence of God, as a result, the worst event in my life became the best event that ever happened to me. And as a result, I still was just as dumb as a box of rocks like I was the day before. But guess what? For the very first time, I had some faith that maybe there was a reason for me being alive. And I want you to know, for each one of you here right now, there is a reason and a purpose for you being alive and being on earth. Don't give up on that. And so I went and got a Bible. I went to the store, bought a Bible, started reading it. Couldn't hardly make heads and tails out of it, but I kept on reading it anyway. 
And the more I read it, I learned about Jesus and what he did for me. And I started practicing it in my life. And it caused me for the very first time to have a hope that I had never had before. I realized that my parents treating me the way that they did was actually orchestrated by God because God wanted to have a possession on me that no other person could have. Actually, everything in my life was perfect, but I couldn't see it until I started looking through the eyes of faith. And then all of a sudden I had hope that I never had before. And instead of doing destructive behavior for the very first time in my life, I actually loved not only did I love God, but I learned to love and be in relationship with other people. And I also learned how to love those that God loves. And for the very first time, I learned how to start loving myself the right way, the way that God teaches me to love myself. And so the scripture says it this way. Now faith, say now. Now, you know what now means. It means right now. It means in the domain, in the time, in the realm of existence that you live in where the fall of mankind is dominant and everybody's going in circle. Jesus says, now I have given you something that will break that cycle and put you into a brand new cycle that will take you from here to eternity. Now faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. He says, now faith, now there abides. These three things. Faith. It's a new way of looking at that. Hope. Because these things are functioning in the same realm too. You can't separate them. Hope instead of despair. Instead of wondering, is the world coming to an end? Your world should be getting brighter and brighter and brighter and brighter and brighter and brighter in every day. You are the light of this world. Let your light so shine before men that they begin to see their own deeds in a better way so that they can come and ask us for a drink of water. And then love. Now, in the time that we live in, he says there's only three things that are going to make a difference in your life. Your faith, not your negative thinking, your hope, and your love because that's what's been instituted for the time that we live in and you can do that each and every day and that begins to create little events little tiny positive events little tiny kingdom events and if you keep having little tiny kingdom events sooner or later you're gonna have an out-of-the-box kingdom event and it's gonna really speak to you and then what happens? You got to put your seatbelt on. And then what happens? Your world starts getting bigger.
and eventually you're going to run out of board. You realize that this thing is going to spread its way right into eternity. You're going to run out of earth. That Jesus right now is building a place for you. And in that place, your faith is perfect. In that place, your hope is totally secure. And in that place, you're going to love like you've never loved before. But we can start it right here. And we can start it right in the midst of the chaos that we all live around. Now... There abides these three things, faith, hope, and love. Love always hopes. It always hopes. So when you go into a situation and it looks crazy, ask yourself, I wonder why God still allows me to be in this. I wonder what God wants out of it. I wonder what God is trying to show me. I wonder how God wants to reveal himself to my neighbor, to my relative, to my friend, to my work acquaintance. I wonder what God is up to because God is always up to something. Would you join me in a word of prayer? So Lord, we thank you for your amazing, amazing grace. And I thank you, Lord, that your love, your love always hope. And I thank you that no matter what cycle we find ourselves in in life, that you meet us there and if we find ourselves in a cycle of we're just not even sure about any of this, that you meet us right there. If we find ourselves in a cycle where we're just frustrated, that you meet us right there. If we find ourselves in a cycle where we've lived cycles of regret, you can meet us right there. If we find ourselves in a cycle where we feel guilty, that you can meet us right there. And so, Lord, I just ask, Lord, that you would meet each one of us exactly right where we're at. And I pray, Lord, that you would help us to break the cycle, to snap the cycle, to snap out of it. We pray this in the mighty name of Jesus and all of God's amazing people said. Listen, thank you guys for having me. God bless you. Thank you for listening to the Thornapple Valley Church Podcast. If you found this message encouraging, we invite you to share it. For more information, visit tvcweb.com.